Welcome to Watch Party Wheel of Time. I'm your host, Ruark, joined once again by our panel. Say hello, panel. Hello. 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 Hey, hello. And uh, joined also by a number of our fans. Say hello, fans. Hey, fans. Uh, from our panel today, we've got Axel. Hello. It's Siobhan. Hey, everybody. Greg. Hello there. Who is not David. And we also have David. I am not Picard. Who is not Greg? <laughs> uh, now that uh, you four fans are here, you can actually see who Greg, not David, and David, not Greg are, and hopefully help some of the other fans to to distinguish them from each other. But uh, I'm not going <laughs> to hold my breath on that. The one. visuals help. Yeah, yeah. And I promise um, our name tags somewhat. are actually correct. We <laughs> yes. haven't like done yes. a <laughs> which is which, something which we would they do. Have done. <laughs> Yes, those are correct. Those are correct. I had to double check. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so our fans, um, I'm going to go through and just introduce each of you really quickly. Uh, we have Koala Sadai. G'day from the land of Mad Men. Uh, isn't it now uh, the Madlands? I know. I can't get my head around that. Sorry. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, uh, there is a book of lore coming out uh, next month, actually. Um, background lore on the Wheel of Time. And one of the things that they've let slip is the updated map, which apparently Robert Jordan originally named uh, the, the place that we call the Land of the Mad Men, the Madlands. So the map has been updated, and now all of the Australians are going to have to start calling themselves Madlanders. Which bits? <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, we are it mad. does fit. Yeah. We're mad one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> so it fits. <laughs> uh, also joining us, we've got Jason. Hey, everyone. Glad to be here. Uh, there's Alice. All right. And Dan. Hello. Uh, yeah, I wanted to bring fans together with the panel, have them interact because. As I said in a previous episode, I have been the choke point for all interaction in both directions, and I was sick of doing that. So we got the we got the the Discord up and running, and some of the first people into the Discord were the same people who have been sending us letters this whole time, and I decided to invite them onto this episode. So here they are, and uh, let's just get to know you guys a little bit. Uh, Jason, why don't you go ahead and go first? Yeah, um, so... Glad to, I'm a, I am a Wheel of Time fanatic um, of all. So I'm an avid fantasy reader, have been uh, most of my life. Um, love sci-fi as well, but I'm, you know, fantasy is a little bit closer to my heart. Um, and of all of the fan, I've, I've read all different series. I love getting immersed in one author's like world building when there's like multiple books in the same world. I love that. And, and this, you know, was right up that alley, 14 books um, to, to finish out the series. So. I have all of them in hardbound, um, right in my living room, uh, my nice little collection. I've now acquired all of them on Audible as well as on Kindle. So, um, so yeah. You're dedicated. I am dedicated. Oh, yes. um, I live in New York with my partner, um, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but um, he's also read the books now. So, And, and how did you come across the podcast? Um, so we actually, the two of you, you and I, um, got to know each other through uh, the Facebook group. Yes. And then when you uh, kicked off the uh, Cold Rocks old, that was also us you know, discussing a little bit more, yeah. getting more plugged in that way. So, yeah. yeah. Wonderful. We've been listening uh, to the podcast since it came out. Um, 
it's really great. It's kind of a trip actually to see, you know, I'm able to see little thumbnail pictures of, of the panelists now for the first time, which is, you know, Put, put some faces to names completely. Yeah. 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 So, um, it, and, and I can say it's, it's going the, the other direction for us as well. Cause, uh, we've been reading your letters and trying to imagine what you look like. And, uh, uh, for instance, uh, when I got Koala Sadai's letters, um, the, the image I had in my head was, um, an Australian Jane Goodall, which, or an actual koala. <laughs> which frankly is, is is not far from the truth in in either direction yeah uh and speaking of koala sadai uh why don't you uh give us a little more information about yourself hey there um so i would consider myself a blue aja with a little side of brown because i <laughs> am a real nerd but i also um am deeply involved in the cause of trying to save koalas which is a bit of a front because I actually want to save all the environment, but the koalas get people's attention. And my passion for the real world it really drives me, but the real world is a bit of a horror place at the moment. And so I've used Wheel of Time as my escape from the world uh, since the year 2000. And I have come and gone in how deeply I've been involved in it. And definitely when all the lockdowns started to hit around the world, I dove back into the Wheel of Time. But I didn't find your podcast until after the show had finished. I was gobbling up the show, so many first um, watcher and reader reactions to things and then through the Facebook group, I found the podcast and it was great because I just binged and there was all this content <laughs> there to just go from your reactions from one episode to the other to the other. And um, I'm madly on my second listen through the podcast at the moment. It's been fantastic to hear so many You know, it, it, it kind of, uh, it, it, really makes me wonder about your sanity that you would want to listen to our voices for that long in succession to just binge all day and listen to us. For, I mean, I have to listen to my own voice for, for, you know, 12 hours a day. I don't, I don't want to listen to it anymore. Um, I, I come from the land of mad men. That's true. <laughs> the, you mean the Madlands? The Madlands. And the Madlands. I, I do yes. a lot of work outside. And that allows me to podcast a lot because yeah. um, while I'm doing a lot of stuff outside, I'm just, you know, immersed in the wheel of time. Um, you know, I've always worked uh, a lot of um, very manual labor jobs in my life for that very same reason is uh, mostly so I can listen to the wheel of time while I'm working. And, and I'm not joking about that. I, I've got the audiobooks on my iPod, on my iPod iPhone and before that on my iPod and before that on CDs that I would listen to all the time in between music and other podcasts and radio shows and things. But uh, about once a year, I would listen through the entire series. Yeah. Um, so I am right there with you, Koala Sadai. I, I do have some anxiety and sometimes when I don't sleep well, I, I just put the wheel of time on. And, and oh. that means if I wake, I'm just immersing again in part of the story. And I go back to sleep. So I mean, it is—it's the best therapy mm. for anything. But, you know, that's not a bad idea. I might as well listen in my sleep too. That's the only time I don't listen as it is. Uh, 
um, we'll get a little bit more into what you do, Koala Sadaiba. I want to talk to the the uh, other two fans here really quick. Uh, Alice, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Uh, yes. So I am the para friend. I've written a couple of times into the uh, the podcast. I got into listening to podcasts in the first lockdown. I started going for runs because the world was upside down. And I found that podcasts just like kept me company and it felt like it was um, being with friends in general. And uh, The Wheel of Time, I've been reading since uh, before book 12 came out. So I was catching up and in the last three books, I had to wait like the rest of the world and that was painful. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's just such an incredible story and it's such a big part of me. Like I have a tattoo of it. It's like, it's, a, it's, it's had a massive impact. And, and what is that tattoo? <laughs> so um, we have the, the flame of Tarvalon um, in, on the books. We know what that looks like. Um, uh, so it's the flame of Tarvalon and then the seven Ajas on it, inside of the colors. Um, cool. And I just, yeah, um, on my hip, it's my second tattoo. I, I had one done, a tiny little flower, and I was just like, oh, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Tattoos are like that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So then, yeah. So I went and, and got that, um, got that done. And I found the podcast um, through the Facebook group, um, which is one of the best groups I have ever been part of on Facebook in terms of just allowing it for to be a safe space. So when I knew Ruark was involved, I was like, yeah, that's this is going to be great because I know you will hold that safeness, um, that safety. Um, yeah, and then I actually started. <laughs> yeah, look, no. yeah. Um, I actually started listening um, after the first episode, well, the first three episodes dropped. Mm -hmm. So, because I wanted to see them and then listen to people's newbie reactions. Um, yeah, and then I, I, literally every week since, every time there's a new episode, I'm I'm on it. <laughs> Yeah, and and you've been wonderful and wonderfully active in the groups, and uh, we're glad that you're here to join us. Thanks for having me, uh, Dan. Why don't you Why don't you uh, let us know a little bit more about you? Yeah, um, so I have uh, been reading Wheel of Time since uh, 2002, uh, senior year of high school. Uh, one of my my friends recommended Eye of the World. Um, read it in a matter of days probably and immediately started hunting down the the next sets of books um and my uh my time in the military obviously several military uh, deployments that have come along with that uh the books go with me uh so i always make sure that there's room in a footlocker and they go to um into the shipping container and they've been to afghanistan they've been to iraq they've been to kuwait uh so whenever i manage to find a uh, little bits of downtime i would read them um the the last deployment that i had in 2015 um we had ebooks out finally so i was able to digitize everything but i still brought the hard copies because um can't take electronics into certain places for the military so i was like well i can bring a paper book um been listening to the podcast since the very first episode um much like uh, the other fans here uh in all the facebook groups uh, it started to get published like, hey, we're coming up with a podcast and uh, we're going to have, you know, newbies that have never read the books. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Um, I'm going to get a chance to relive 20 years ago through the eyes of somebody else. 
Um, so I was like, I have to, I have to hear where everybody's going to go with their theories. And uh, the theories have been fa- fantastic. It's been so fun to listen to whether they're right or wrong. Um, just knowing where everybody's heads at and kind of reliving where I was like, where are we going to go with this? How is it going to yeah. move forward? <laughs> One thing I can say to that is the panel has shocked me at how good they are at predicting some things because I think back to when I was first reading them and I had no predictions. I was, I was like, I was Zen master. I had the open mind. I'm like, I have no idea where this is going and have no idea how to predict where it's going. You know, I, I thought like, you know, I, I had a few small predictions about some things, but you know, I, I hear some of the things they're predicting. I'm like, how did you know that you don't, you haven't even read the books. visual media with the subtleties kind of helps a lot it does it does absolutely there's a lot of uh projection and foreshadowing that's you know that's your background helps a ton with that as well and i think just the fact that we're bouncing off each other like i'll have an idea and then somebody will say something i'll go oh yeah i can put these two thoughts together and come up oh yeah We'll, we'll run with it that's how we came up with the idea of you know Bella being the, the you know, being the dragon. Voltron theory lives. The Voltron yes. theory is a good one. I'm sure that's going to come true. I chalk it all up to uh, black magic and sorcery. They're just we're going to stick with that. That's how we're figuring things out. I'll cop to I that. do enjoy when it's what two opposite theories. It's like you know, if someone says, "Oh yeah, I think it's this," and they're like, "Ooh, I thought the exact opposite." I'm like, "Ooh." Well, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm wondering, should we start putting uh, money on the table when <laughs> when opposite theories come up, <laughs> and and maybe even place odds on it? I think that might be fun, as well, long as we don't get turned in for bookkeeping <laughs> or bookmaking. Oh, yeah. yeah, bookkeeping is something different. Sorry. Well, the house always wins yeah. then. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is like even as much as we know what happened in the books, however they play that on the series, it might be complete. They might change it, so it might yes, be that yeah. you want right if you were on the books, but it, you're right on the series. Yeah, I mean, for instance, the the entire storyline with uh, Karini and Stepan is nothing yep. that was in anywhere in the books. the The characters were were side characters that showed up for for two pages in the prequel novel. They were nobody to, to the, the book readers and they made them into these amazing characters that taught you in one episode, what it took us book readers, probably six books to figure out about the water bond. Mm. You know, it, it, it really taught you how intense that is. Or even how they were alluding to the possibility that any of the five could have been the dragon. Um, If you've read out of the world within three or four chapters, it's, it's it's right. Yeah. 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 I mean, just because, you know, 80% of the book is from Rand's perspective doesn't mean it's Rand, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which I think right there is the difference between like the visual and the, the, the written medium, right? Like you have, if if you're not going with narration, if you're doing a first person point of view, then it's going to become pretty obvious who the first person is, yeah. you know, right? Um, yeah, but then but then we got tripped up to a certain extent. We knew that Rand was the dragon, but yeah. it comes to book three, and the perspective is like everyone but Rand, and you're yeah. like, what's happening? What like yeah. this is like? Oh, 
This is so good. Yeah, as he went along, he he started spreading the perspective out a lot more. The first book, I think there yep. were like three or four different perspectives. And by the last book, you've got, you know, almost 100 perspectives in one book. Right. Yeah. That sounds confusing. It, yes. It's fantastic. It's delicious. It's splendid. Six characters. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what I, uh, what I tell people when I'm trying to <laughs> when I'm trying to get them into the books. I, I say, you know, listen, it's it's a lot. It's a commitment. Um, read the first three. If after the first three you're not hooked, it's not for you, and that's fine. It's no worries. And then it it, it he gets so good at describing the different countries, the different cultures, the different uh, garments, that at the end, he doesn't have to say it. He says, oh, someone showed up with this dress. And you're like, oh, I know where they're from. Because he explains it so well. It just becomes part, you just, you, you get into it. So yeah. I, I know it's, it sounds daunting, but it's, it just comes natural. It, he does it superbly, it's amazing. I I realized something recently. I am a hyper visual person. Like I process everything with my visual cortex. It's like I'm overclocking my my GPU to to do other processing or something. Um, so mining Bitcoin in your <laughs> exactly. Um, and I think that's why these books hit so hard with me because he had such detailed and intense descriptions of everything and not just descriptions, but backgrounds and histories and interlinking relationships for everything that it created such a vivid world in my head that I couldn't escape from it. It, it felt more like reality than reality to me at times. And yeah. Must've been scary for Rafe to hire the production team for this one. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, you know, you, if you're adapting anything, you're going to get those, those crazy people in the woodwork that unless it's exactly the picture in their head, the it, it's ruining their childhood. But, mm-hmm. you know, beyond that, he still had a, a big, some big shoes to, to fit. No, that's not the word I'm looking for. He, no. he had, he had a big, big bar to live up to, I guess. Um, and I, I really appreciate the, the direction he's kind of gone with it. In like as as I mentioned, uh, Stepan and and Karini earlier, you know, rather than telling us the story like we know it from the book, that we can compare it to directly and say, oh well, you missed this, you missed that, you blah blah blah. He tells us that story in a wholly new way, but still gets the information across, mm-hmm. and you and, and it still feels like it fits in the world, and it still is part of that world, and it's understandable. You know, it's not like he just created something completely whole cloth. He's working within the fabric of the world, and and it's 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 working. But you know, it's very he's different. Show, yeah, and he's showing us scenes that that in the book kind of happened off camera a lot of the time, or that didn't and, happen that way at all. Yeah, or right? didn't happen that way. He'll combine two different yeah. scenes, and then you know you can't make a direct comparison to either of those scenes, which makes it its own thing. Yeah, and, and that, that you calling out making it its own thing. That's actually what really rubbed me the wrong way when I was watching the show. Like after a lot of the episodes, I would be like, that's not how it happened. And it was really rubbing me. the. I mean, I was like very upset. I was like, ah, I wanted to love this episode so much. And I didn't because I was nitpicking all the things that were different. 
And I was like, oh, they have got to come back more to like be a little, you know, closer to the source material. And it's only through listening through this podcast that I got to recognize or, or, or realize that that for people that had never read the books, they were able to enjoy it in a completely different light. And I had to I had to shift my own like mind frame. I had to shift my own perspective of looking at it as it, it's a retelling of you know the the same basic storyline, you know, and appreciate it for what it was, not for what it was not. And that was really difficult for me to get there as a book reader. I wanted to see yeah. what, what I wanted to have in my head was the book come to screen. I wanted it to be not an adaptation. So it, it, it's, um, I think a credit to you guys as a panel to be able to talk through that and really help me as a book reader appreciate it for something different. You know, I hear that a lot <clears throat> when I talk to my wife's cousins who are big book readers that main complaint that always comes up initially is well that's not how it was described initially in the book like you know two rivers is not to colored people which is a stupid notion all in itself but it's like come on guys get over which, it which has been disproven by yeah. scholars greater yeah. than i so yeah yeah, yeah, the, it's the, the, stupid. yeah. exactly yeah. well and i um, think one of the the fun things i've enjoyed about season one was kind of modernizing the social concepts that Robert Jordan was touching on in the early nineties yeah. where things were a little bit more taboo to discuss. Well, well we've, we've come a long way in 30 years that pillow friends <laughs> can now no longer just be pillow friends, but yeah. what it actually and, and, truly is. And you could see actually um, the change in social acceptability through the, the books themselves, because at the beginning there was, just mention of pillow friends and it was very hush hush. And I, I will be honest the first time through, I was, I was still fairly young. I didn't understand what pillow friends were. I really thought it was just, you know, Oh, we're, we're really good friends and we're, we're holding each other at night. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what um, I thought too. <laughs> and, but you know, we realize now that he, what, that that's what he was doing. But then later on in the books, he makes mention of, an overt mention of a, a, a homosexual couple, uh, more than one actually, um, but doesn't really go into it beyond, you know, oh yeah, there's, we know about these gay people over there kind of thing. But he was still able to mention them in the books, which I don't think he would have gotten away with at the beginning of publishing. And, and you know, that was much, much later in the run of the books. This was, you know, almost 15 years later, I would say. So the social mores had changed that much and, you know, social mores have changed even to even greater extent since till now. So yeah, those advances in, in kind of this, the social aspect of the story to reflect now, I think reflects what Robert Jordan himself would have done. And I know it sounds really douchey to say, oh yes, I think I know what Robert Jordan would have done. But, you know, I think there's a little bit of evidence there that he advanced with what was acceptable and would have continued to advance to mm -hmm. work that into the story. Yeah, but you look at like the very baseline of, of what it is and it's a different story because Swan and Moiraine being pillow friends versus what we had in the show, which was yeah. a, a very deep relationship between the two was um, it's a at face value, a very different story. But if you read between the lines, that's what he was talking about in the books a lot. So what year did the first book come out? I was an and eighth then, grader. And then I it was finished in. Uh, 
what year was it finished in? It 20, was 2009. Okay. No, it's later than that, wasn't it? No, 2012. 2012? Yeah, 2012, I, I think. think so. 2012, yeah. 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 It, for, for me, I'm um, probably the oldest member here. So for me, I was already um, a mother of four children when I started reading the books back in the year 2000. So I was reading it, um, really empathising with Moraine, I can say, at the beginning <laughs> of the <laughs> It's really funny. I've never heard anybody say that they empathise with Moraine. Um, like, for instance, I've always said I, I, I completely was there in, you know, I was Rand. Rand was me, I was Rand. I've heard yeah. people say I was Egwene. People say I was naive, I was Perrin. Uh, I've never heard anybody say they were Moraine. <laughs> I, I love that that yeah. coming from that that motherly angle and and just trying to deal with all these dumbass teenagers. I love that. Exactly. Exactly. I exactly. I I, I had teenage children at the time. Um, it was Whoa. actually. It was that. Yeah. It was actually my daughter who had left home and was at university who gave me this first copy of the Eye of the World. So. Um, but but what I wanted to say was that I I had been through many traumas in my life and Robert Jordan was able to address so many of them through his stories in a way nobody else had. And it was so progressive for its time yes. that what I see is that Rafe has been able to progress those topics for a, a new turning of the wheel, a looking at the story, because we always have to remember Rafe was not converting the a book or a book at a time. He is converting the story. Yeah. And so I I know how much those books helped me through trauma and it doesn't matter if oh they were you know very 1990s blah blah they they were the traumas I was in yep. I was in very 1990 traumas and those books got me through it and now I just I just love how the show feels like it's going to address the traumas that people in the 2020s are going through yeah, because absolutely. Robert Jordan would have been able to convert exactly the way Rafe is, and it's yeah. it's the biggest joy to just see that story unfolding, and we don't even know exactly how each little detail is going to play out, even though we know what's going to happen. It's just brilliant. Well, but some I, of you. I, know. I agree with that, but I don't think we know what's going to happen, though. I mean, I, I, we have to put an don't. asterisk on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, in that's what I'm. Picture. That's the thing in I'm really picture. enjoying here is, yeah, yeah we, we, we we know yes. you know overarching what is going to happen, but the how it's going to happen that's going to play out a whole it's lot very differently. different so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How are we getting? And there? I'm enjoying that. I, oh, exciting! And you know, it, it sounds trite because a lot of people online have said like, just consider it another turning of the wheel, but really, it is. It you know really? the, the wheel continues to turn you know eon after eon and the the third age comes around again and again so why would it play out the same way every time? It's almost like you're 
you're telling retelling a legend like every version yes is going to be different like how many different versions are there of the king arthur story Mm-hmm. How many Updated different versions of the King Arthur story are in the Wheel of Time that we <laughs> yeah. found already? <laughs> being, stories being told by people, and people are inherently unreliable narrators. So that's what I was going to say. The written Robert Jordan yeah. wrote a version of the story, but well, again, Robert and, and Jordan all, but, wrote a version of the story that came from more than several hundred narrators, all of whom were right. unreliable narrators right, exactly. with their own exactly. opinions. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So just because it, just because a character in the book said something happened a certain way, that doesn't mean it happened that way. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who, as a reader, I guess, is saying, "Well, it didn't happen that way in the books," is yeah, okay. So the the author in the books was lying. And now you're seeing it in genuine 2D, and this is real. We can know it's real because like, it's a documentary. Well, and the yeah, you can trust everything yeah. you see on TV, right, kids? The show has even <laughs> told us, like, straight out that it's a narration too, because Moraine has like a narrator part at the end of the first episode. So it's not yeah. like this is omniscient <laughs> viewing mm. for the show either. It's still a narration. Yeah. Very right. I, l- I love a bit of Moraine splaining. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really wonder if that means it that there's a nor- narration happening, or if that was there because Rafe knew that it had to be there. Yeah, mm. they had to fit it into the first episode somewhere, and that was the way he felt was most natural. I think It'd be interesting to but, see. If it I mean, the, the fan base would have burnt it down to the ground if that quote had not appeared in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can guarantee you. <laughs> Right, so I'm I'm in the UK, and they they released it the first three episodes. I can't remember the date now, but it was a Friday. I was on my final year of university, and I happened to have zero clinics that day. So I got up at seven o'clock in the morning, and I sat down, <laughs> and I watched the three episodes in one go. And at the end of the first episode, as Moraine is saying, you know, it, legend turns to blah 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 and all that, and I'm like goosebumps and i have i have a picture of my face which very you know for this great media of podcasts none of you you know people are listening but it was this i was just like (laughs) which is completely like amazing goosebumps and i sent it to my other half girl like this is amazing this is gonna be so great and it, it was Perfect. It was a perfect way to finish that first episode because you're like, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the right same direction. way with me. I just like, as soon as she started reciting it, the, the hairs on my arms just all stood yeah. up and on the back of my neck. And yeah. and I, I can admit I was a, a puddle for the next half hour after that first episode was done. <laughs> I wanted to go right into the second episode and I had to like go calm myself down because I was like ugly crying uh. after the, the end of that first episode. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mine was a, a, just the adrenaline shakes post each episode. All eight episodes yeah. it would end, and I just oh, the yeah. adrenaline yeah, shakes, yeah. and I was just like, yeah. "Oh, I need an, I need more of this." It was. <laughs> <laughs> I was hosting a, a watch party with you know, some of my best friends to come over and watch it in our apartment, and then Amazon happened to drop them like you know like thir- it, 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 they dropped them Thursday night, like late late Thursday night. So we actually yeah. had all day Friday day before my friends were coming over on Friday night. 
And Taylor and I didn't make it until they came over. We had to watch some of them before. <laughs> the truth comes out. Well, I, was like, I was like, we have to act surprised when this happens, when our friends are here. So here's a little behind the scenes of recording those first three episodes. Um, we recorded those. Let's see. It. They dropped on Thursday night, and we recorded Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then got them all out, I think, on Monday or Tuesday. Um, but that was a brutal weekend. That was a brutal <laughs> yeah. weekend. But um, And that was like only our second recording session when we started that. And yeah, it was... And my mic sounded so bad on some of those recordings. Oh, I, I shudder to think about it, but... I digress. Um, We're still here. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, when we made those early recordings, I, of course, sat down and watched all three episodes the first night because I had to. Yeah, of course. it, it was yeah. a, a, an imperative. Um, and so then when we came into the recording the next day for the first episode, Everybody said, oh, yeah, I only watched the first episode. I'm saving the second episode until after we record. And I'm like, you did what? <laughs> so then while we're recording, I'm having to sit in my mind and like, okay, which episode was that in so that I don't spoil that? And there were a couple of times when I actually did kind of spoil something because I was thinking about the next episode or something. And or I thought that they had already seen the next episode uh, and so therefore would know about something and put it in the notes. And then I was like, oh shit, I should not put that in the notes. Uh, but but yeah, really we got careful through it. When season two comes out. Yeah. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm going to be way more careful with my notes when season two comes out. That's for sure. Yeah. I think we're going to have to coordinate. It's like, we're only watching one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys are only watching one. There's, you're not holding me back. That's, yeah. Yeah. I watched yeah, those first three episodes twice on, uh, so they released on Thursday at seven locally to me, I think. It, and yeah, I watched, it was midnight in the and UK, I watched all is... three episodes twice that night. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. It was 11 a.m. here in Australia when the first episode hit, and I had to watch all three. And then I can't remember now, I think we did a 12-hour live stream on the Dusty Wheel, breaking them down. Oh, yeah. I'm a, moderator for the dusty wheel on the live chats so it was just like it just went on and on and it might not have been 12 hour that might have been that might have been the um the trailer that we did the 12 yeah, hour yeah stream. the 12 anyway. hour was the trailer the building yeah. The hype yeah yeah um, yeah but but yeah but the live yeah, there the, just went the on reaction on. was still a long one yeah Oof. I didn't tune into those because I was busy setting up my own content, but yeah. We're not allowed to watch the Dusty Wheel. <laughs> you can't. Wheel. It's, it's no, you spoiler. may not watch oh, the Dusty uh, Wheel yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I don't understand. So are we able to like um, go into like asking one of our, our questions now? Because it's actually a really great segue. Yeah. Yeah. Segue right into it. If it's oh, All right. So we, I had, I've been burning a couple like questions that are like, they're ready to go in the mailbag. And I was like, oh, but there's maybe a fan episode. So this is like. Yeah. How are you, how are you able to not go and like pick up the books and read them? Like, I don't know how you're like, for, for this is for the panelists, because this, to me, it would be like having like a, like a three-year-old kid that has a present wrapped in front of them and they're not able to open the present and they just I'm, have to sit I there and look at it. I am dying too. I'm not going to lie, man. I am dying to get into the books. Can, can I add an addendum to that question? Is like, yeah. and, and, or to 
go online and just like look shit uh, up. Exactly. It's just I there. haven't even read hard, yeah. fan fiction for this show. <laughs> 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 that's that's, 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 that's very much like this, like this, like you're like having to like put blinders on, and I don't know how you're able to do it, honestly, because. It's, all the self-control I have, I got to tell right. you. I mean, I, I'm, from my point of that view, was... it would be really hard to do. But then again, I am surrounded by Wheel of Time content in a way that yeah. most people are not. So. <laughs> that was one of my questions, Jason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I ask the same thing. Yeah, because it's kind of like, you know, when you when you listen to like someone's voice over like regular like telephone Versus being in a, in a conversation with them or in like an amphitheater and it's like blasting, right? Yeah. It, the, the, it's that big of a difference in like the definition. Or you're looking at something like in Minecraft pixelation versus it being right, like right in front of you. It's, it's the, the, the writing is so fantastic. <laughs> it is so amazing. His, his, his descriptions, the, the descriptions of like when he's doing the action scenes with the magic, with, with the dialogue, the way that they equip with each other. Jason. It's, it, Jason. Yeah. You are not making it easier. No, no, you're not. You're not helping. Can I just say thank you for that digression that you just went on because... I heard myself right there. <laughs> I, I, I have been on. I have been on that exact same rant to several people who have asked me. So, what's this wheel of time thing about? And so, I'm glad to hear that same rant coming from somebody else's mouth. So, I know that I am not the only one. The only crazy one. But my, I'm not my, saying my, we're not so crazy. I, I just know I I'm a not lot alone. Of those fans are in the same boat, though. <laughs> and when when I see what happened in the show, it like it's great to see an adaptation come to screen, but it still is like looking at something in, you know, Minecraft versus, you know, it, it's, it's not, it doesn't have the same richness. It can't, you're talking yeah. about eight hours of footage compared to like, you know, I don't know how many hours it takes you to read the, the first book, but there's so much more there. Well, if so, you just go by the audiobooks, they're like each audiobook is about a 50, day long, I think. Yeah. Is it, is yeah it, I think okay. Eye of the World is 24. 24 yeah. hours? Yeah, great hunt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, each of them is, is over a keeps... day. Yeah. <laughs> Rurik has a real uh a real reason not to sell us on the book because that would destroy this podcast. So <laughs> there's a little self preservation yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the podcast would completely have to change format. This, yeah. is, this yeah. is so much fun and so much of a family that reading the books yeah. just doesn't matter because we get to do this. And, yeah. and, and, and you know that you'll true. eventually get yeah, to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It'll happen eventually. Yeah. And I can't remember who is it that said that they, they read the Jurassic Park books before they watched the film or the other way around and it really made a difference that, you know, seeing it is, is one experience and then reading it is a completely different one. And if you started yeah. with one, stick to that one. Yeah. So then when you get to experience the other, you get to experience the other one in full as well. Mm. So yeah. it, it makes sense. And of course, we don't want the podcast to change because it's yeah. brilliant. And and I will give you guys a secret here. I have a 10-year plan with this, <laughs> which is once, once the podcast, once this show itself is over, and we no longer have a show to podcast about, I'm hoping to get you all to start reading the books, and then oh, we will yeah. get <laughs> show-only reactions to the book on a first read-through. 
Nice. Mm. Absolutely. We'll just turn this into an entire like property, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, this will be a franchisable like yeah, a net pop podcast empire. Good plan. I like it. Listen, yeah, yeah. David's son can join. I, you know, he'll be grown up enough to join and have his own opinion on it. <laughs> Actually, my 13-year-old my now, now has some fun notes on the show, and so hopefully we'll yes. we'll get her on to uh, share the teenage perspective of the show. Yes, his his daughter latched onto the show really, really hard. So mm. uh, that made me excited when, when I learned about that. Unfortunately, my, my, my son didn't because it's not animated by a Japanese studio. So, <laughs> so he is a, a full anime phase. So, so I've had my I've actually had a lot of conversations with with my with Taylor about how well this entire series would lend itself to being anime too. Like the, yeah. It would be really fantastic. I, I I would not want anime style. I am not a I, d- d- Please, fans out there, don't shoot me, but I am not a fan of anime as an animation style. I'm sure, you know, if, if you like that storytelling medium, cool. It's not for me. I love animation, just not that type of animation. Hmm. Um, okay. But I would love to see Wheel of Time animated in like um, well, um, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Paldini style. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 a more modern Paldini style, which is really what Young Justice is kind of doing. Yeah. Something like that. I would love it. For many years, I said, I've said to people, just like the only way that I see this being adapted would be in animation because otherwise they'll age out of it. But, oh, yeah. You know, like Rafe is, is taken on this task and he's so far so fucking great. So I can't complain. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I have no complaints with Rafe. There's been a real, really big improvement in the ability of, like, cinematic medium to show to 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 allow characters to be diff- like actors to show as different ages, in the last few years, yeah. which I assume is at least partially CGI. Yeah. Um, kind of where I was, I was watching. There've been a couple of things that I have watched recently where they're showing like a character, you know, like twenty odd years younger or older than the rest of the series, and it looked okay. Yeah, you know, it looked believable, and I, I'm not, that's yeah. a huge step for. Yeah, yeah. well, it, well, they're at the point where AI face swap is actually not that difficult to pull off. Yeah, um, and voice swap too. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all about, I think, really, I guess, having the budget to do it well. Yeah. Uh, see further wigs on the um, Game of Thrones series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've heard complaints about the wigs on Wheel of Time, but you know, um, the fact that nobody in this group has brought up the fact that there are bad wigs makes me think that you haven't noticed. Oh, I've noticed. Looks all right to me. That's very much something I don't care about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up yeah. with Doctor Who yeah, in exactly. the 70s. <laughs> special effects are like... <laughs> Bubblegum and tug tape. I mean, if Doctor Who's still like that... <laughs> I'm here with Greg, and we're looking at the shop of our sponsor, 4Cats Boutique, on Etsy. And, uh, Greg, is there anything really that's grabbing your attention? I've got a couple. I'm digging these waveform art pieces. Looks like there's one with the Force theme from Star Wars, one with the Hobbit theme from Lord of the Rings. The waveform of the actual theme music, as would show on, say, a digital audio workstation. It's a cool concept. I really like this. 
Yeah, I really like those two. I think they're really, really cool. And uh, I think a lot of our fans will think they're really, really cool too. So if they want to get those, where can they go find them? All this cool stuff and more available at 4Cats Boutique on Etsy. That's the number four, Cats with a K, Boutique on Etsy. So I want to divert the the discussion here for a minute and get back into discussing our fans who are joining us, because I know there are some interesting stories to to be told here. Um, for instance, Koala Sadai, you, you mentioned earlier that you're into uh, uh, saving the environment and especially the koalas, um, but you just kind of gave us a little, a little, pretty much what I just said, which is not even close to what it is that you're actually doing. Um why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing? Because when you first told me, it blew me away. So, yeah, go, go right ahead. I've spent most of my adult life living on on the land in some way or another. And I've always realized that one of the biggest issues I think we've got in the world is that we've lost our connection to country. And people are, are not really aware of how important every little thing that's happening in the world is to our survival. The thing is, I believe the world is going to survive. Mother Nature is going to sort it out one way or another. But to our survival is is what we've really lost a connection with. So uh, when I bought this property here with my husband, we were really just, we thought we were in paradise. And unfortunately, he was diagnosed with ALS a couple of years after we moved in here. And so I had to stop doing everything um, on the property and just look after him. And a couple of years, uh, sorry, a couple of months after he died, I finally went for a walk out on the property and 2,000 koala food trees had self-sown and were growing. And that just connected me to country in such a deep way and it allowed me to actually stay here because I um through a few sets of circumstances I was able to get some funding to start having professional regenerators here and now I actually have a funded conservation agreement on the property. So the property is protected forever. Nobody can ever destroy the habitat that I've built up here. Um, so that makes me a real blue archer, as I said before, because I now really fight the cause for connecting people to country. And I, I have a YouTube channel about the work that I do on the property and I do a lot of education for landowners, for people who are interested and for children through children's books on connecting people um, back to country. So, and, and you were telling me that you recently had some, some several joeys show up. Really exciting um, this year because you might know 2019 Australia suffered shocking fires and we lost countless millions of wildlife and my mm -hmm. colony on the property collapsed and it's taken um, a lot of work and just a lot of, you know, crossing at the fingers to watch things slowly rebuild. And this year I've got a record five mums with joeys on the property and it is just beyond nice. amazing, amazing to amazing. see 
That the, is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, that, I mean, that's what's needed. But what's really needed, of course, is habitat. But that's like another whole story. <laughs> and when I'm not <laughs> doing, um, doing immersed in this work for koalas, I do support people who are caring for someone with ALS um, online. I do a lot of that work. And I still have to work to make a living and pay my mortgage and all the rest of the time's just wheel of time. <laughs> and, and it's not yeah. just a little bit of wheel of time. You volunteered for a lot of creators and 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 the community. Uh, like you said, you're one of the moderators for uh, the Dusty <clears throat> Wheel when they broadcast live uh you helped us you pretty much solo put up our our discord for us um you, you know, you, with, you. with the yeah. help yeah. of my son i i will say with the yes, help, with of, the help my of your son, son. yep 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 but uh yeah and, and and you know you were you were just on another podcast recently i mean you are giving of yourself to the wheel of time community after giving of yourself to all these other communities. And I don't know how you do it, but, but we love um, you for it. Yes. I, I think that it, is absolutely. I think it's ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I was going to ask, do you ever Tom, sleep? <laughs> I, do, you, you're probably not going to believe me, but I, I sleep eight hours a night. I'm in bed by eight o'clock at night and I'm up at four o'clock in the morning. And I do, I sleep, I do actually sleep, but um, from the moment I get out of bed, I'm like, go, go, go. It's wow. six o'clock in the morning here now. So I've been at it for two hours already. The Well, it's not sun, but the it's getting light out there now. Um, it's actually, I look, one of the ways I deal with my anxiety is that I just keep ridiculously busy all the time. All the time, all the time. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a coping mechanism. It absolutely it is. is. I mean, if, if you are going to do that, that's 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 an um, like a series of amazing things that you keep yourself busy mm -hmm. with. So, I yeah. mean, hats off. It's incredible. I keep myself busy trying to make a difference. It, it's been mentioned a number of times in this conversation. Uh, somebody said uh, the pandemic came around, and I decided to dive yeah. into the wheel of time fandom again uh which is kind of what happened with me i actually dove in just before the pandemic because i was like oh the show's coming out i need to get back in touch with the the fan community um and then the pandemic happened and i thought well might as well make this my life you know? um <laughs> so that's that's kind of where all the facebook groups and everything um and yeah i, I did start spending a lot of time with that so yeah that that when all of you brought that up that kind of hit me right between the eyes uh, it, with the pandemic starting and with the show coming out, so my younger daughter, Tari, is a big fan of the podcast. She has written into the podcast yeah. before. You've yeah, had Tari Sadai has also written her, in. Tari Sadai. I, I believe Tari so, Sadai wrote in first, yeah. Oh, <laughs> did she? I, I didn't yeah. quite tweak like that in the in the um, order of things. So, so it's, I'm so proud to be her mother, um, because she is an amazing, amazing person. And from she started reading The Wheel of Time when I did, so she was 13 when um, my older daughter gave me that copy of um, Eye of the World and we both read it. But, you know, we didn't discuss it 
together. At the oh. time, for me, it was my personal escape from a mm. lot of really deep emotional things that were, were going on. And we, you know, we discussed little things, but we didn't discuss a lot of it. And from about the age of 15 or 16, she started saying, they've got to make a TV show. They've got to make a TV show. So when they finally announced they were making it, it was her that encouraged me to get into the fandom. And all of a sudden, all those years, I was, I was running um, communities online in all those years, but I never went near Wheel of Time communities. And now it's turned from my personal escape to being this escape that I find all these amazing people share. So shout out to Tari for getting me into the online community. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can honestly say that most of the friends that I've made in the last couple of years, especially since the pandemic started, are, are through Wheel of Time somehow or another. So, yeah. Um, Jason, uh, I wanted to bring up uh, you. You were one of our, our first write-ins and you... You wrote us a letter about uh, you and uh, your then boyfriend uh, decorating your Christmas tree while listening to our podcast. And I remember at the time that that when I read that, it really like put a, a catch in my throat. It really did because I felt like I was already connecting with our audience on a level that I was hoping to, but I didn't hope to get to that level until much later in into the podcast. So it it really touched me. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, there, the, the, the job that I have now, I'm on phone calls um, almost all day long. And, and so I don't have time to listen to anything. I can't listen to the podcasts or listen to books or anything else while I'm working. I just, I'm not able to multitask like that. So the only time I'm able to do that would be in the evening. Um, and this kind of actually ties back to how I got Taylor involved. We, we started dating um, almost seven years ago and we were going on a vacation together. Um, and he said, Hey, I want to read a book while we're going on vacation. What should I read? And I said, okay, well, I want you to give this a try. This is like my favorite book ever. Um, and I said, look, if you, if you give it your good faith effort, you make it through the first one, I, you know, there's 13 more in case you love it. But, um, most people that I've introduced this book to, you know, they, they love the first couple and they just don't have quite the, the wherewithal to, like, they, it doesn't hook them like it did me. Um, but he started reading it and he loved it, got into the second one and the third one. And then, uh, eventually he was the one that made the jump over to, um, the audiobooks. I'd never listened to any of them on Audible. And oh. he started listening to them. And then what was great is that we'd be making dinner together at night and we'd put the book on and, and I could pick up right where he was um, with, because I'd read them already. Mm -hmm. um, when we'd be falling asleep at night, we would turn the audiobook on. And so we'd both be laying there, just listen to the same thing. And, and so I got to appreciate, I'm sure you've probably heard of, of Michael and Kate who read those Audible books. Oh, but, yeah. Um, so it became a way for us to bond. Um, and it took him like a, a year and a half to get through all of the books. But then this was just another way for us to, you know, we listened to several of the podcasts together. So when we were decorating the tree, rather than putting on Christmas carols, I was like, let's throw on the podcast. And so it was a way for us to, you know, connect again through something that has been, you know, really great for us as a, as a couple to get to know each other better. Um, listening to you guys as we were dec decorating our tree. So. 
Um, and and you are have since become married. That correct? Or we're, or we're engaged. Engaged. So, okay. So the marriage still hasn't happened. I'm still trying. I'm trying to marry you well, before you get married. Let's not talk about the marriage date because <laughs> <laughs> it took us six years to get engaged, and I don't know when we're going to get married. But uh, well, well, I'm. I I have said this before. I am taking credit for your engagement <laughs> uh, because uh, when I read that letter on air, I I said that that he was your husband, and and uh, as I understand it, you were not even engaged yet as of that point so i'm going to we say were like i was like well now we have to get engaged because i can't make ruark look good like yeah, so, yeah yeah so so I'm, I'm gonna take credit for that um can't make yeah. him look like a liar <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and and uh you had another story that that really touched me about uh um your your recent scare if you, if you don't yeah, mind sharing so that last spring i was diagnosed um i have a i had a, a tumor on my kidney and so the whole spring was very turbulent, um, but it, it ended up with me having a surgery and they were able to remove the tumor. It ended up being cancer. Um, but when I was in the hospital, um, so because of that, there were several of the episodes that came out in like late winter, early spring that I wasn't able to, to uh, listen to. So while I was in the hospital recovering. Um, I had downloaded and, and binged a whole bunch of the podcast episodes there. And I just happened to select like the heaviest ones, the deepest ones. Um, so as I was in the hospital, I was reading or listening to the episodes about diversity and inclusion, um, which is really close to me. Um, and, and the mental health one, again, th those were very, they, they connected with me. They resonated with me in ways that I wasn't expecting. And you guys went into some, some areas and, you know, shared some of your own stories and vulnerabilities that really like, I mean, I, I was gushing, literally my eyes were gushing and the nurses were coming around like, do you need more pain pills? And I was like, yeah, it's just a podcast, but sure. More pain pills. <laughs> well, if you're offering, yeah. if you're offering, yeah. Yeah. yeah when in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was, I was already recovering from a very like emotional, like tumultuous period. Right. And then mm -hmm. to have those topics going on also, yeah. I was just, uh, I was all over the place. Wow. Yeah. It, it, I, I remember we were all dreading those episodes to some degree because we knew it was going to get raw. And yeah. at least I knew it they was going to get raw. Mm -hmm. yeah. to get through. Um, if, if nothing yeah. else, I have ADHD, so I tend to overshare. So I knew it was going to get raw no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, so, so the fact that we did that and it did touch people on, on a deep level, it, it means something to all of us. I can, I, th and I think I can speak for all of us when I say well, that. that. The, the most unexpected, I think part of out all of it. Sure. I mean, I resonated with, you know, being a, being a gay man that thought I was bisexual at one point and, and, and then coming to terms with that. And that was part of the reason that I escaped for so long that like reading the books was my, like quality you mentioned the same thing. It was, it was a way for you to completely immerse yourself in another world. Right. And just get lost. And, and I needed that escapism. Um, I have a very addictive personality when I get into something like Robert Jordan, or, you know, I was into some video games in the past and, mm -hmm. and, and I can, I can go overboard really easily. And so yeah. like when you were talking about the addictions of the power and when, you know, some of the, the casters were like going deep into this and not being able to like use their own threshold, their own judgment to, to step back from something that they knew was dangerous. They knew could even kill them and they weren't able to do that, you know? So, yeah just talking about all of those things, what, what I didn't expect was hearing how much community there was and shared experience among all the people that have been living through these and, 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 and talking and, and 
about what the books or the series have been able to do for them in their life to cope with some things they were dealing with that were pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, I can honestly say that the books helped me cope with just about every heavy thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Like, yep. I, I will, you know, you know, I'll admit straight up heavy shit happens. I disappear into the books. You know, mm-hmm. if, if, mm-hmm. if I've got my headphones on and you haven't heard from me for weeks, it's cause I'm just in wheel of time land and, and running on autopilot, you know? So yeah, I, I totally know where you're coming from with that. I mean, those, those episodes of, of, vulnerability mental health and then the the, the diversity mm. ones they were they was they were very heavy and they were so needed and yeah. it was like the, 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 it's all great that we had we've had a great time listening to you guys reacting to the first season and all that but getting to that level of vulnerability was genuinely i remember because i think it was the first time that i wrote in that i said i had to stop because my day was about to start and it was like, no, this is important. I need to listen to this when I've got time to be present, to really listen. And I cannot imagine how fucking terrifying (laughs) it must have been for you guys to just like open up. Oh, oh, we took a lot of breaks in that episode. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I had to edit that one really hard because there was a lot of no, take that outs and and things like that. So, yeah. There was a lot of weight to everything you said, too. So it was like you had to sit and think and make sure that that's the right thing to say before you say it. And it was a lot of work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm glad that we did those episodes. I, I I, we will probably do some episodes like that again in the future, but I'm not looking forward to them. Yeah. I, I think we've touched on a bunch of that already and we don't need to revisit much of it, but I still think a, a check-in on, on inclusion in the future or something to that effect might be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it differentiates this podcast to anything else that I've listened to. Oh, and, really? And, like, truly. I, because it's it, it's it was just... It was just incredible to get these. I mean, you guys have never seen me. You've heard from me maybe twice, three times. We've interacted on Discord. But I feel like I'm just like, I can be myself. And it is a safe space. And that is mm-hmm. priceless in this day and age. So, yeah, it's it. Do we want it to be heavy and, and difficult and hard all the time? Nah, this is fine. We're, we're happy yeah. with, with, <laughs> with the chilled ones. We're happy to have a chat. But that that one really it, that that series of three or four episodes that were they were really hard. It was really amazing. I'm, I'm glad to hear that that is also something unique because um, I'll, I'll tell you all a secret. One thing that I have been very consciously doing is avoiding a lot of other wheel of time content creators, specifically other podcasts. Um, mostly because I did not want to unconsciously fall into a rut of what other people are doing or, Mm. you know, kind of Mm. get that to color my idea of what I wanted to do. I wanted a blank slate to work from. And, and if I ended up doing what everybody else was doing, then I guess that's just the obvious thing to do. But, Mm. I was going to see what happened and I'm, I'm happy to hear that, that we did indeed find 
our own niche that is unique. So, so thank you for, for giving us that little bit of news. Yes. Yeah. I was, I was actually going to say like from a, I guess an audience building or brand building point of view, having somebody that can, that can give us that kind of input is really valuable. Um, hopefully it will never lead to us wanting to change what we're doing, but knowing where we're unique is good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it makes a lot of sense to me that us doing something where we are revealing, we're talking about ourselves and opening up. That is the kind of, that is the kind of thing that builds relationships with, with audience, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, cause we yeah, are, yeah, yeah. We're, we're giving ourselves out to, 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 to people. So that's creating, you know, us, right. You know, um, in a way that. And, and it is great to get that feedback that, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like that was, uh, I, I'm, I'm not lying. Those were difficult. Uh, some some parts of those episodes are really difficult. The mental health one was tough. Yeah, we were all exhausted by the end of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta yeah. go have a beer and a bath and go to bed. You have no idea how exhausting that one was to edit. Not just was it more <laughs> difficult to yeah. edit just because of the numbers of breaks and everything, but reliving mm-hmm. all of that and having to listen to it. Yeah, I bet Oof. it was an emotional roller coaster just being um, a listener to it yeah. too. Yeah. Right, uh, we could hear Ooh. the. We could hear the emotion in your voices. We could hear how true that was um, and, and for all of you. So thank you for that. So, so, like, so like for us, it's really amazing to get this feedback that this mm-hmm. resonated with people because you're sending these things out into the airwaves and kind of hoping that you make mm. the connection. Yep. Yeah. And now we see the reason I put this episode together. Uh, <laughs> yes. yeah. <laughs> the thank wheels you, have turned you. in Rorak's brain. <laughs> Um, yeah, Dan, why don't you, uh, tell us a little bit about your, before we started recording, you were talking about your time in the military. So, um, I have been in, uh, I will hit 19 years here in January, uh, in the, uh, the U S army. Um, I am a, uh, an intelligence analyst. So, um, you think, especially show aspect, blue jaw spies and all of this, um, not even close. <laughs> uh, I spend, um, I feel like it's such a good fit for, for how I process information. Um, a lot of what I do is, is I go through historics to, to try and predict the future. Um, and I am, um, a huge history buff. Um, so wait, wait, are you working for the precog department? <laughs> <laughs> I can either confirm or deny. He's just he actually not say anything. <laughs> so and someone um, who can see what's happening, the way he looked up and across and back was just the perfect. <laughs> <laughs> there, there may be guinea pigs, human or otherwise. Don't hurt the animals. Oh, there's no animals. It's it's all people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't care about that. Yeah, it's just the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's the point of, of having soldiers, right? You can do all your testing on on humans right from the get go. You don't have to worry about any morality or anything like that. <laughs> everybody signed up to die. You volunteered. There's a there's a line at the bottom of the page. You yeah. signed it, and this is your mm-hmm. life now. <laughs> <laughs> You're ours now. 
it's very much. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm honestly surprised they don't pull out a brand and like you know property of U.S. military on your right ass cheek or something. <laughs> so <laughs> there is you know legal of. debates about that. When I first came in, there was um, different commands across the army that you know if you got like sunburns and stuff that kind of uh, required extra medical attention, they were like, well, we're gonna you know process punishment for destruction of government property, and then like the lawyers and everybody had to come in and be like, ah. That's slavery. You can't own people like that's not <laughs> wow. okay. Yeah. Um, so when you have to have lawyers bring up the moral part. Yeah, yes. Military morality do not go together. At least the military lawyers can still well, it, it, having the lawyer as the moral compass is already a scary mm-hmm. thought. But the yeah. fact that they yeah. are uniformed members too that are going. Yeah. You can't do that. That's yeah. Um, is it's a bit of an oxymoron. Um, it's kind of like military intelligence. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to make that joke. Oh, I, I make it every chance I get because I've spent 19 years listening to it from various infantry and, and artillerymen um, who think it, they're the first time saying it. Like they've they've, they've caught me off guard. <laughs> Well, they stand next to things that go boom all day, so you know the, the, <laughs> they do. However, they have maybe not a not a strength. <laughs> they probably got stricter guidelines for ear protection than the rest of us <laughs> because they That's anticipate true. it. They know what's coming. Uh, sitting in a Humvee for nineteen hours, you're just like I'm just sitting here, but that engine is not quiet, and there is no blocks between the uh, the engine compartment and the the cab of the truck <laughs> it's just loud <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, you were telling us that you you have a section of your footlocker completely dedicated to wheel of time that you've carried to many many deployments uh yeah uh, so walk us if, through that if i'm if i'm going somewhere for an extended period of time we're talking three months or more um probably gonna bring the books um and depending on where I'm at, I might just, if it's a short time frame, I might just bring one or two to kind of carry on from where I'm at. Uh, more recently, though, it's definitely just make sure I have my phone to, to come with me uh, for the audibles. But yeah. yeah, so, you know, Afghanistan, I was there in 2006 and 2007. Um, so we still were a good ways away from the finish of the series. Um, so I had to, as my deployments came upon me, I had to make more space in my footlocker as the books came out and I had to take all of the books. <laughs> paperbacks, um, I hope. They were. I, I was they about to say that. Literally, <laughs> not the hardcovers, I hope. Well, and the great thing about the paperbacks is they fit in our cargo pockets on our uh, uniform pants really nicely. So, oh. um, you know, for being an Intel guy, I'm, I'm sitting in a, a building, even on a deployment, especially on a deployment where, you know, you can't have external electronics because you're dealing with, you know, classified information and all of that. So, hard copy book doesn't hold information i can't record out of it so i will throw it in my cargo pocket and walk to work and sit down when there's a downtime especially if i'm working like a night shift where things are pretty quiet sit there and just read and um that's i've probably reread the first six or seven books you know a dozen times because that's all i had at the time (laughs) even book six book six is ginormous did that (laughs) fit in your cargo pants Um, God, I wish I had a, a uniform in here to show you how big these pockets are. Um, so they they actually expand out. So um, to the point that there's a third button on the back end of the pocket. So that if it is getting to the point of too bulging, you can actually adjust the button to expand it out. 
Oh wow. Fair. No, the the your your story it I love it just because knowing Robert Jordan's background and his background in the military, I know just, you know, the fact that you're not the only person I've heard this from either, that they carry dog-eared copies around. I've heard of of uh, guys in the Navy who, you know, just found a, a copy of the first three books just in the in the library there on their ship and and fell in love. And, and you know, just knowing Robert Jordan's background in the military, I know that it probably tickled him to know that his books were being passed around men who were in the military, so... Yeah, I'm sure if, if he knew about that, he would be be thrilled that his story was was getting out to you know his his fellow service members. And and there's not so much yet in the book in the show, but in the books there there tends to be a lot of uh, militaristic things going on. Um, how do, how does those feel, especially like like the troops interactions and things? How do those feel as somebody who actually is in the military? Or do they feel genuine? Does it feel like it's coming from a place of of having been there? Uh, they do. Um, you look at um, later on uh, the two um, individuals regarding a certain colored hand. Um, yeah. The, the, the kind of snipes back and forth between them is uh, mm-hmm. very much a just day-to-day <laughs> interaction in the military. Um even if I'm giving somebody like subordinate a task, like there's probably something coming along with that too. Um, some sort of a quip or joke um, at their expense, at my expense, at the military's expense, take your pick. Um, and then, uh, you know, we were talking like the mental health episodes and his um, representation of military combat PTSD is, is pretty pretty accurate as well uh he really brought that through in the books um we'll see how the show definitely comes about with it um but yeah he definitely had a way to depict it through words that kind of made you go yeah that's how it is yeah um speaking to that i can't speak of of military ptsd but i i do myself have ptsd um uh uh first first responder trauma related um and there was a scene this last time i was reading the book it was talking about rand and something going on and around him and it talked about the feeling he was having inside his head and i was just it dawned on me that oh my god that is exactly the same feeling i have when my ptsd triggers like he he described it perfectly exactly how i like focus back into this pinpoint like way back a mile behind my eyeballs and and you know the and it, it just yep. it gave me chills i was like okay he he he's been there you know yeah and he was able to that that whole like uh 100 yard stare yeah um, he he's able to describe what it's like to have that and that is something that i've never seen in any other written media before uh was an accurate depiction of like just having that I've kind of lost myself for a moment here. I'm just kind of, you know, uh, and you're not thinking of anything. You're just kind of physically present. Um, Yeah. There's, there's two major events that happen later on where afterwards he describes somebody out of the room. Oh no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm I'm just going to say uh, where, where after the events happen uh, both times it, it hit me hard and it's just like a background mention, but there will be somebody just kind of wandering around and staring off into space and kind of just completely 
disconnected from the the chaos that's happening around them and and it's that's exactly the kind of thing you're talking about like i, I like when those mentions come up i'm sure most people just kind of like gloss across them but i see them and i'm like oh oh i know what that character's going through yeah you almost shift focus to that character and now you're kind of like can can we get a a, a chapter break here and go to their POV real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you, you uh, were able to make this episode and I'm, I'm now having ideas. Um, I've, I've in the past had an idea that I want to talk about uh, Robert Jordan's military service and, and how it relates to the books themselves and, and the show. And I think uh, maybe we might have to have you on as our, our special military consultant. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm getting some ideas happening here. Um, but yeah, uh, I want to move on to Alice. Uh, Alice also has some fun stories to tell us. Um, you have an incredible history. You came from Brazil. You're living yeah. in England. You, you Give us the whole, the whole story here. Right, so I was born in 1985. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> hey, me too. <laughs> I, I figured when you, when you said you were in senior year in 2002, I was like, yeah, me too. We're the same age. Wow, um, I feel old. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I grew up in Brazil um, when, I was my, when I was 20. I moved to actually to upstate New York for a couple of years. And then I moved across to the southwest of England, where I have been for the past 15 years or so. Um, so did you so, grow up in Brazil speaking English? No, Portuguese. Portuguese. Yet you have such a, a, a <laughs> stereotypically English accent to my ear. I've been told that. I've been told that I have an accent. And Axel is probably going like, she's definitely not English. Yeah. I can hear it. <laughs> I can also say that. It was just more, it's more the, I don't, I couldn't identify where in the UK you're from. Um, I think you've lost anything that says North American. Yeah, Because you definitely. said you were in New York for a while, and that, that I, don't, yep. I didn't hear it pick up any on that. And, yeah, it's like you have an English accent, but it's from the South-ish, but there's something a bit off, and so the Brazi being a native Brazilian Portuguese speaker makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, born and bred in in. in the great city of Rio, um, you know, my, my mom's flat is literally faces the Sugarloaf. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been in, in the Southwest of England for, for 15 years and it was here it, with, um, an ex actually. And she introduced me to, to the wheel of time. And she was just like, is our first holiday together back in 2008. Um, we went to Greece for, couple of weeks and she's Ooh. like oh here's a book you know we're going to be set at the beach not doing anything give this a try and i remember reading the 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 prologue going what is this like what's none of this makes sense <laughs> yeah the, the, the panelists uh, don't know about this but the prologue to the first book uh it it it, it makes no sense and doesn't make any sense until book four or so okay like tr truly and i was yeah. just like We'll just say it takes place in the Age of Legends without explaining that it takes place in the Age of Legends. It, it's, it picks up at, at, in the middle of a story and there's someone shouting a, a, a name over and over again. I'm yeah. like, what, what is happening? Um, <laughs> but that's, but that's, was, that's what started me. And, um, you know, I kind of like just um, 
went on. But yeah, so I'm I am I'm cisgendered, um, but I am gay and exotic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as um for for a Brazilian, I am dead white. I couldn't be any whiter unless I was like legit like Ruark shade of, yeah. <laughs> of, of, of skin color. Um, uh, that, that's that most people refer to that as fish belly white. <laughs> that's yeah. your words, not mine. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but here I'm of, of the best people, you know, like with the best of intentions is like, Oh yeah, you're very exotic. Aren't you? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not really, but sure. Yeah. I tan is, is about as far as my superpower. You're um, in Plymouth, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's it, like yeah. putting some cracked black pepper on your meal and going, ooh, that's spicy now. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. like, ooh. It's, that's so, it's, it's so different. It's like, well, now it's just, you know, spices. Um, Plymouth, Plymouth has a long history of being a city that people leave, not come back to. <laughs> <laughs> It was a it was a major port city for centuries, and you know, like I mean, it's, it's where pirates left to go out to the Caribbean to go and 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 right, like it's a leaving city. It's where the Mayflower left from. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of the places. So did Jack Sparrow leave from there? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. It, it, I mean, yeah, you know, like the, the the point is, is that it wasn't as far as it, it wasn't like a. It wasn't like Bristol or Liverpool or Southampton, like a major port city that had kind of in and out, like goods arriving and, and going. It was more so of they, a... So they had hamburger stands? I think it was more of like a, a kind of like, this is an embarkation point and you go. <laughs> oh, so you can't go get an animal-style double-double. Right. Everybody Basically, goes to Plymouth to, to escape from wherever they're going from. That's Yeah. <laughs> well, the in and out jokes are just going right yeah. over the, the foreigners' yeah, heads, aren't they? We don't, we don't, yeah. we don't have, so I have no idea what you're talking about. It. Yeah. Um, uh, it, 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 it's a, a passably <laughs> good now, hamburger that people think is way better than it is. It's no water burger. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I completely derailed your derailment. Yep. <laughs> so please, Alice, go back to uh, to, to, to your story. I, I don't I don't even know what my point was. It's just <laughs> this is the it, you know I was yes it was it a a, a a Plymouth. Well, she's from London, but been in had been in Plymouth, and as well, I'm based and. Um, yeah, she introduced me to the Wheel of Time, and it was before the Kindle even existed. So I'd like, I'd go to work with my books and they were varied. It wasn't always the, um, the paperbacks for book six, which is, I think is the biggest book. I'm not sure, yes. but I, yeah, from, from memory. Yeah. Um, yeah. and something came up on my, like on my, on my memories that I was finishing reading that book about 13 years ago and i'm like come on like i've read 850 pages i still have 200 pages to go <laughs> <laughs> but, they're the best, but they're the best 200 pages oh, of the entire oh, series I, <laughs> yeah. Truly. Yeah. yeah absolutely well, well um, oh, uh, i'd say the middle 200 pages of the fourth book for me but 
those last 200 pages of that book also yeah, yeah. i cannot wait for you all to see that come to life on the screen oh, like God. i cannot yeah. wait uh, I cannot. Um, do we need uh, to leave the room so y'all can have a book no no no, no, no. <laughs> I, i'll hold it in i'll hold it in it's not it's not it's all good it's all good we, we gave and, no specifics all you know is that some major things are going to happen at some points it's just it's just Really entertaining watching yeah. you guys struggle. <laughs> I'm just hoping, hoping, hoping that we don't go too far off of the source material for just that part of that book. Oh, please, oh yeah. There, yeah, there are certain please, please. scenes. They, they're, not even, they're not even straying from the source material. They are simply no, no. setting the scene in a show, not tell way, but all of the yeah. major events that create the arc of the story uh, are, are going to happen. But I'd like to um, reserve a spot on the podcast when that episode comes out. Ruach. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um. Sorry, yeah. Alice, but yes, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's a point to my story. I don't know if there's a point to my story other than, other than, like that's my origin story of how I got into, into the Wheel of Time. But um, yeah. Well, and, well, what brought you from from Brazil to England of all places? Well, I I was in upstate New York. And oh right. There was there was there was this girl. Yeah, there was a girl. And, yeah. that's, <laughs> and that's that's the end of the story, really. Yeah. Okay. Um, and she was living in she, Plymouth. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, she was based in Plymouth, and literally, actually, I mean, uh, the the non-American people, I think, will uh, resonate with this story. And it was literally, I was in in the U.S. and she was here, and we were like, right, you know, who's gonna make the big move for us to give this a chance? And um, and I had an ear infection, and I didn't have insurance, and I just had to ride it out and I was like delirious with a fever and she jokingly said well you should come here you know the NHS you know it's free and I went uh yeah that sounds like a good idea actually (laughs) 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 that sounds great I 100% you just described like a good 60% of military relationships who's leaving who needs the insurance um because hey we do have great socialized healthcare for the military, sort of. <laughs> I don't have to pay. It's not great service, but I do. I don't have to pay. <laughs> well, yeah, and it, so yeah, so that's how I, I ended up like making. And to be fair, I like it, it's 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 been home for for fifteen years, and we 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 haven't been together for eight years now. So you know, it lasted a good seven and a bit years, and um, it ended up being the probably the best move I've I've ever made. Um, oh. But she, she, you know, she's the reason I know of the will of time, and I have converted now a, a handful of people um, to getting to read the series. And don't my you current... don't you love evangelizing for wheel of time and, and drawing <laughs> new people say, in? I was going to say it's starting to sound like a cult. <laughs> uh, well, you know, cult's Listen. a strong word that I enjoy sometimes. Um, it, it, it's uh, not Siobhan. like there's matching footwear. You know. <laughs> but uh, Siobhan, are you hooked or are you not? Oh, absolutely. There you go. I've my case. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, my other half and our two best friends, uh, they haven't read any of the books. So I've been watching the episodes as they get been released on the Friday 
first thing in the morning and then in the evening we watch it together and i'm like you know on that the um (laughs) the dragon reborn episode when Nynaeve has that her explosion and i was just like oh it's coming and i'm actually really good at keeping a very like impartial face I, i do not give a lot away but as it's about to happen i kind of just look their way to see what and then when it happened and they go <gasps> it's like oh my god like is she the dragon reborn i was like oh, i don't know, I don't know who the dragon is. <laughs> you, you might need to give simon some lessons uh, <laughs> uh yes um yeah so yeah so that's that's my uh that's my whole story really to be fair it's um, yeah. it's still an interesting story it's more interesting than my background story debatable i think we all have like i mean shit has happened to every single one of us at different times for different reasons and how we deal with it and how we come out the other way and so at the other end and it's um it's always nice to get to know people on a slightly deeper level in my Mm -hmm. humble opinion Mm -hmm. and i think it's been nice to get to know all of you on a slightly deeper level um during this episode. This has been absolutely awesome. Uh, We're an hour and a half in, so I think we will call that an episode. Um, But before we go, I want to say thank you to all of our uh, uh, fans who have joined us. Uh, Thank you to Qualisadai, Jason, Dan, and Alice. Yay! Yay! Yay. Make make some noise. Come on, podcasters. (laughs) Thank you for for being on. You guys have been great. Thanks for having us. That's been great. We've loved having you. And uh, like usual, we want to say thank you to Michael and Jen out of the Secret Watch Party Island headquarters. Thank you, Michael and Jen. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, thank thank you, thank you Michael and Jen. Michael and Jen. And uh, everybody, be sure to check out the other Watch Party Network podcasts. We've got Watch Party, Lord of the Rings. They have been covering all of the amazing Rings of Power episodes and deep dives into a lot of the lore behind them. So go check those out. Watch Party, Lord of the Rings. And also a Watch Party of Ice and Fire, where they are discussing the new uh, George R.R. R. Martin series, uh, House of the Dragon. And uh, they have uh, episodes about that. So, yeah, my brain just shut off in the middle of that statement. But... <laughs> You can fix Should it. I do that again? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'll roll with it. Uh, but be sure to check all of those out. And final question for our fans. Yay, we're off the hook. <laughs> who's your favorite panelist? <laughs> oh, don't make me choose between my children. Oh, well, this is just mean. <laughs> I mean, I know who my favorite is, but making it out loud is going to hurt feelings. <laughs> um. I, I just want to see you squirm and see how you you wiggle your way around this this question. Listen, Siobhan has been like so much on my wavelength every single time on ninety five percent of things. So like, I gotta have to go with Siobhan. Not that I don't love everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> you get a point. I'll give Axel a point just for the humor that he brings in. It cracks me up every (laughs) single time. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I am really missing uh, Samaria today. I was really hoping to get to to see her. But then I have to say, like, you know, David, Greg, DW are like, the same entity to me that's the same vo- I can't dis- differentiate <laughs> you guys so. so now you can at least pick David and Greg apart right yes. yeah uh, I have to go Axel 
just because I mean, I, I, I love history and every time he gets in, it, it is just new knowledge for me sometimes. Um, like my favorite thing to do wheel of time wise is read the companion and the, the world of the wheel of time, because it's the background, the age of legend stuff. So <laughs> thank you so much. That's really touching. When you said you were into history, it's like, I knew where this was going. <laughs> <laughs> history beats bad puns any day. But, like, honestly, everyone just brings a, a slightly different perspective, and it really mm. makes, mm. like, such a rich... Even when, like, when we edit, um, edit Simon on as a co-host, it's just like, oh, it's a extra layer. So, I, you know, yeah, it's been, it's been, yeah, everyone has a fantastic part of it.